This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. With one under, oh, excuse me, I already muffed up the intro, so we'll I go with the intro again here. Well, we're, we'll do that one towards the end. That one's a bit long. The <laughs> chat GBT intro that we created, surprisingly, it did create the intro for us. We'll play that towards the end. I'll go ahead and start w- with the one that's a little bit shorter, which is, a cat form of trans news is upon us. Indictment number two, and the Council on Foreign Relations explains propaganda. This is a Propaganda Reports Drive Time News Blast, a special Easter midnight-ish edition. Happy Easter, everyone. Happy Easter to you, Cam. Are you wearing your ear? You still got your ears on. Uh, they, they look fantastic. At first, I couldn't tell if those were generated by the, the app or, or if those were you know sewn into your head or if they were removable, but apparently it's, you can take them off. It's honestly really great AI where I can even like pretend to see if I can you get can it, remove it. Pretend you can mine it them and off. remove it. Yeah. Right. And it's that's it, crazy. Like, I can't get it out of my hand though. So that's how you know it's AI. That's funny. So you can even mime stuff and AI will remove it, which makes me think of the oh, the sure. mime story that I had. I had a story, chat GPT write a story about a, a out of work mime and a lady of the night starring Stacey Abrams and Brian Kemp, which is very childish and hilarious. I added a few more specifics in there. We'll read that in the XR because it's definitely inappropriate for the, the DMB. But for, for the DMB, let's go ahead and dive into to what they've been talking about. And, and then you know, we'll definitely have some fun on this Easter. But before we start, though, I, I've been wondering, how does the Easter Bunny get in the house? I, I know Santa comes down creepily through the the chimney what does the easter bunny do do you have any idea cam well well that's the know. deal you, i know i don't know if you know this but you, have you ever had a cat yes i have when i was uh, ever a kid, so a cat have have you ever noticed that cats are, are they don't have to follow the rules of physics like the they can they very, can get into yeah. a wall they right. can get under things that no that should they shouldn't fit through etc turns out rabbits are the same so they just actually just squeeze under the door which is very nice, but um, do they also get, the getting wake out you up the in the middle part. of the night? While, while like, is, so is there a chance I'll wake up in the middle of the night with the Easter bunny, like creepily crawling on my chest and digging Needing, into it? Kneading on your chest. Like, <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, that's not how I want to be trying Easter to eat bunny your, ever. Your, your carrot-sized nipples? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have carrot-sized nipples. Not, not that anybody knows of anyway. <laughs> All right, so still... 
I want to talk about the next Trump indictment because with one underwhelming Trump indictment in the books, focus has now shifted to the next possible of the four, which is the one in Georgia. And this is as Fulton County prosecutors are weighing whether to file charges after a grand jury investigation into Trump's alleged efforts to overturn the Georgia Georgia's election results in 2020. And I've talked about this case a lot. There's no evidence of criminality in that phone call with Secretary of State from Georgia, Brad Raffensperger, who I think is a, a CIA agent personally. And anyone who listens to that full phone call, they play five minutes of that phone call over and over again. It's a one hour phone call that has at least six people on it. So it gives you a very different context when you listen to it. And the DA in Fulton County is in a very similar situation as the one up in New York, where if she does not indict Trump when she has the chance to, she probably won't get reelected again. So although she does, she can't blame the crazy juror, the uh, special grand juror girl who went on all the interviews that we played clips of Cam a few right. weeks back. And uh, uh, so really the only reason I want to want to bring this up is, is like, will Trump be indicted or not I, I, in Georgia? I, I don't know. But what I do know is this, is that claims of any criminality are, are based on the premise that the 2020 election is the most litigated in history, in history because all, of all the lawsuits challenging it and the implication being with these statements the news make that these election challenges have been reviewed and dismissed by the courts on the merits of the challenges. That, that, that's the premise of all of it, which anyone who has followed these challenges knows is not true. And I found out recently, chat GPT also knows and being AI also knows this is not true. And I want to show you, let me pull this up on screen here. I want to show you what chat GPT said when I asked it. Uh, well, the first thing I, I was talking to chat GPT about why I couldn't trust it. And I said something like, uh, here, I'll pull it up on screen. You'll see. I think it was like, uh, I can't trust you because nobody can even have a reasonable conversation. In fact, we, we mentioned the 2020 election in the show that you and I did with Sam Tripoli not long ago. And by simply referencing it, it got me a strike on YouTube and it got the video removed. Not cool. Uh, hold on here. All right. Here's, here's the part one of that. Can you get that up on screen? All right. So this is, this is what I, I started off by saying your intention is to propagate to chat GPT, a political by politically biased narrative. I, I know this because your program, your programming refuses you to allow you to have a reasonable conversation about, uh, the, about the problems of the 2020 election. And then it said, get that off screen. It said, as an AI language model, I do not have personal beliefs or values, and I do not have the ability to propagate a politically biased narrative. My responses are generated, blah, blah, blah. And then it goes on to say, regarding the 2020 election, it is important to note that the election has been extremely investigated and certified by numerous state and local, numerous state and federal officials, and courts have consistently upheld the integrity and validity of the election results. Claims of widespread voter fraud or irregularities have not been substantiated by evidence or legal rulings. If there's a specific aspect of the 2020 election you would like to discuss please let me know and it'll do its best response that's the first one now let me now let me show you what the the second response because uh, i challenged it on that i challenged it on the the, the legality aspect of it and uh, hold on one second get that up on screen very interesting response that uh the other one being ai also echoed which i couldn't find my screenshot on that unfortunately uh all right so then i said Yes, exactly. Thank you. 
that is the exact out-of-context propaganda the media pushes. You do know that almost every court case regarding issues with the 2020 election uh, that was thrown out was thrown out because of procedural problems which have nothing to do with the actual claims. And ChatGPT responded by saying, it's true that many court cases related to the 2020 election were dismissed due to procedural issues such as lack of standing, timeliness, or jurisdiction. However, it's important to note that dismissal of these cases do not necessarily indicate a lack of merit to the claims being made. Uh, uh, yeah, which is exactly what I'm saying. And I, I, I later called it out on that in the next one. And then it kind of backtracked and said, well, none of the stuff has been substantiated by the claims. And then it, it actually shuts down. So once you probe this and being AI further on this question, it shuts down, and Bing AI actually forces you to start a new conversation. It will not let you continue to have a conversation with it. But I just found it very interesting. It goes on to say, that said, it's important to consider the evidence and factual basis of any claims related to the election. Okay, thank you. Claims of widespread voter fraud or irregularities have not been substantiated by evidence. So it goes on to propagate the message it's supposed to, but in those first two paragraphs there, it reveals the truth. And... It's funny to me that it reveals that truth because it seems to me like it's been programmed to be reasonable about things in general, except about these things. Because the response, it acted when it says here, it's true that many court cases related to the 2020 election were dismissed due to procedural issues such as lack of standing or timeliness of jurisdiction. However, so it says, but as though it's refuting something I said. It's important to note that dismissal of these cases does not necessarily indicate a lack of merit to the claims being made. So that tells me that it's programmed to talk about court cases in that manner. So it knows how to right. talk about court cases, right? You know, you see, does that make sense? Yeah. Just well, not this also, court case. There's this. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. There's this this begging the question of like, oh, well, yeah, yeah, I, we know. We know that most of these were thrown out and they weren't actually investigated, but, but no investigations uh, showed any evidence of this. It's like, yeah, if you don't investigate something, you don't get any evidence. But it, it, exactly. exactly how it works. <laughs> and, and, and so it, it flips the evidentiary standard uh, uh, on its head. You know, it's, uh, it's a, but they didn't present any evidence, but you don't know it. they didn't present any evidence because you didn't actually, so it gets very confused about the way it's supposed to handle court cases. So somebody programmed it to properly talk about legal uh, challenges and just legal proceedings, but also to never allow someone to, to like officially reveal that, yeah, this is all BS. The fact, I mean, this is the main claim. 
supporting the the twenty twenty or the uh, the Trump quote indictment that might happen in Georgia is that it's the most investigated ever, most litigated ever, and therefore it's the strongest election. No fraud whatsoever. And I love that their own systems. One of them here admits that you should know that just because it's dismissed, it's not on the merits, and that doesn't you know, go to the claim of the merits. The other one literally makes you start a new conversation and will not talk about it anymore. So, you know, good use of chat GPT it's, it, there. It's I just, <laughs> I think the most interesting thing about AI right now is that none of what we're calling AI is really AI. That's the thing. I mean, it's, it's, it, they're regurgitators, they're aggregators, which I mean is cool. And it does some really cool stuff, especially with what I've been doing with um, mid journey and playing with the, the generative arts side of things. Right. But at the end of the day, this is literally just like feeding something parameters, feeding it information and having it regurgitate it back to you. Yeah. And so it's not it's not artificial intelligence. It's not an intelligence. It's just a program. No, no, it's and not. you know, right? It's it's good at scraping. And I actually asked it earlier. So I was uh, looking at the Hawks, the Atlanta Hawks, and I asked it to imagine the Atlanta Hawks, the NBA basketball team, the Atlanta Hawks, winning the NBA title, and it showed. Uh, I I, some, I don't get why it can't just show the Atlanta Hawks. Maybe there's some legal reason. I don't know. But it showed nothing but black guys holding uh, like some trophy up. And I'm like, that's a little racist right there. There's definitely white guys on the Atlanta Hawks as well as almost every NBA. <laughs> Not many, but right. there but definitely is. <laughs> that, that's one of the things that's like you can tell. I think the, the greatest tell that it's just scraping the majority of images it can find in a search is every now and then. I will run something and it'll I'll ha it'll have fake watermarks on it, which means that it's gone <laughs> through a bunch of watermarked uh, pictures and it said, okay, so this is common to this particular subject. So I have to put something like this on top of it. So I know it's, you know, I mean, it is very cool and it is creating stuff, but I would guarantee that if you looked up pictures of, basketball teams which it probably wasn't even necessarily as specific as the hawks it found mostly black dudes right and, and that's, that's yeah, kind of right. how how it's presented to us you know totally yeah who so talks Cornelius, about when, when, what's what's the last white guy that played that was well known dirk Nowitzki or something i mean there's like who's who's L the luka Doncic is white he's one of the best players in the nba well, well, right, uh, but European. we don't live in that time anymore we don't live in that time anymore. Like who's talking about this outside of very, a very small part of like, I've never heard of this person, but I, I, I had heard of Dirk. I've heard, I heard of Larry Bird. I heard of uh, Michael Jordan and I was not watching basketball. And so yeah, I do right. think that, you know, all you hear about is LeBron and uh, right. other black Kyrie. Cause he's anti-vax. So you hear about how bad right. he is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I would just say that yeah. probably the most, the most pictures you see are black dudes. And right, yeah, and I mean, so it's I very racist. The Hawks and it, and made them, it gave, gave them baseball caps, so I'm assuming that this is a 
baseball team holding up a basketball? It's a, yeah, trophy? if a baseball team wins the NBA championship, that will definitely be a first time <laughs> if that's ever happened. Uh, Cornelius <laughs> Wolf shirt says to show your carrots. I, I don't know that that's going to, that's not this kind of stream right now, but it, you know, it, it, it depended on circumstances one day. I mean, who knows? I, technically, you could probably <laughs> get away with it on both Rockfin and Twitter. So yeah, right, right, totally. Yeah, I not, actually not, have a bag of carrots YouTube, down but. here, so that's all I would show is an actual. I actually enjoy carrots. So I would show a bag of carrots. So I want to show you this as well because whether he's going to get indicted in Georgia, I, I, I don't know. I, I again, I think that the woman has to indict him or. Or do that or blame the forewoman, the crazy forewoman, for the reason she didn't do it because she won't get reelected. But what I do know is that Stormy Daniels has done this before. And I I found these clips and I played these videos on old shows from years ago, but I'm going to play one for you again, Cam. And this is actually from Max uh, Blooming. Is that his name? Max Bloomingthal? Uh, of the gray news he does does a lot of good work and this is stormy daniels from 2019 talking about that's the uh that's the porn the, um, star the camp the camera prostitute right yeah that's the alleged pro- alleged porn star that he wrote a check to and uh, that michael cohen wrote a check to officially and this is max blumenthal uh interviewing her about an election she's thinking about entering Back in 2009, challenging a guy who allegedly had an affair with his wife. And here, you can see that on screen. Here you go. Daniels, I'm the adult can film you hear industry. That, I've been with Wicked Pictures for about seven years as a contract performer, writer, and director. And so you're getting involved in the Louisiana Senate race. Apparently so. Uh, I had actually nothing to do with it. Uh, I was notified about it through a friend who sent me a link saying, oh my gosh, you're a genius. This is so awesome. And I was looked at it and it was, I had nothing to do with this, but it is genius. And she has on her site there and take that back. Cam, for some reason, I can't hear this. Uh, I don't know why, but you can't can. hear it, right? Okay. It yeah. says there's a storm, there's a storm of brewing, a storm that's coming to sweep Louisiana clean of corrupt politicians once and for all. And that name is Stormy, Stormy Daniels. And then it goes on to talk about uh, honesty, passion, and strength of character. Those are traits uh, a Louisiana senator yes, needs to have. But it is have. genius. Yeah. I wish I could take credit for it, but actually I can't. It was a group of guys down in Louisiana uh, that put the whole site together. And um, I have people put sites about me all the time, and I usually shut them down pretty quickly. But this one was really well done, and I found it pretty amusing. So kind of just went with it. So do you, would you enter the Republican primary against I'm going to pause it. Since I can't hear it, I have listened to this. I know what they're saying. But can you tell me when she starts talking about her campaign slogan and stuff? Because I don't mean for it to go that far. <laughs> David Vitter? Um, I haven't decided yet. I've never been involved in politics before, but uh, apparently they are calling me to duty. And if that's what it takes, then that's what I will do. And uh, David Vitter made headlines when he confessed um, to being a client of the D.C. madam to um, paying for sex with several high-priced sex workers. He admitted to it. That's Um, right. Do you think his hypocrisy is fair game in the race? And that's what I was going to say. I personally have no issues with his sexual activities or his sexual preferences or whatever it is that he wants to do. Uh, my issue with him, I mean, who am I to judge, right? My issue with him is that he's a hypocrite. And, you know, call me what you will, but you can't call me a hypocrite. And would you challenge David Vitter to a, to a debate right now? I absolutely would, but I don't think that he has the balls to uh, confront me because he knows I would win. Uh, what could he possibly say? And if that doesn't work, then 
I'd be happy to wrestle him. We were, well, you had an idea about Should a real happy to wrestle Oh, him. yeah. No, I, I always said, you know, <laughs> yeah. the day I figure out how to clone myself, I'll be a genius because I can never be in more than one place at once. Right. So I said, wow, you know, I should get one of these real dolls and just prop it up at the signings because some of the drunk guys won't even know it's not really me. And we'll just pull the string. Hi, I'm Stormy. Oh, Very nice to meet you. Okay, I think that probably got the point there. So she's thinking about running <laughs> against this guy because this guy is, is you know, he slept. And, and who is she to talk? She says the same stuff that she told Pierce, uh, what's his name, Morgan, the other day. And, you know, my point in playing that is that Stormy Daniels, if, if, when you look into her, she kind of has a history of, of um, using situations like this to build up her, her, her brand, basically. And did Trump banger i don't know maybe everybody seems to think he did but he says he didn't i i i i don't know either way i don't think it matters regarding the actual indictment because the indictment is about writing the check to silence her and right. a lot of these people who have money like trump or who in position who are in positions of power like trump are going to have people come and accuse them of any and everything and Oftentimes, right. I think for them, it's easier to write him a check and shut him up maybe he did i i, I don't know maybe he didn't well isn't it all about the like fraudulent fraudulently claiming that it's a campaign expense or something like that's the real thing they're trying to stick the felony onto is how it was reported yeah it's it's like something it's, it's 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 real convoluted and it's like something that's never been really tried before because there's just been politicians throughout history who've done stuff like this and there's no real precedent and there's no there's no actual strength of a case here that's been presented. There's a possibility that I don't think he's going to get convicted. If they can get the right jury, maybe he is. I don't think it stands. I My whole theory on this is that this is, this is the same type of effort that the Democrats used when they, during the midterms, they crossover voted and fundraised for MAGA Republicans. I think they want Trump to yeah. be the candidate. And I think that they think he's easier to beat than the other ones. And I think that they might be making a big mistake because, quite frankly, when someone is brought into an arraignment and is indicted, in my opinion, they become a whole lot more relatable to the voting public, especially when you compare it to a Hunter Biden and a Joe Biden who you've never seen anything like this. I don't know anybody who either they personally or somebody they know hasn't felt wronged in some situation by the police or, or by the justice system. So I think this actually brings Trump's relatability. It makes it much broader. And I think they might be making a mistake, but I think this is about making sure the MAGA guy is running. I don't, well, then that's the thing. I think the thing that the thing that works against him at this point are his supporters more than anything else. Like the, them getting up on Twitter and saying things like, Oh, well, you know, the, the other person who was, um, wrongfully indicted for crimes uh, was Jesus Christ, who Trump is. <laughs> right. Trump is doing that. Yeah, like, gotta shut the doing hell that. up. <laughs> yeah, they God, doing that. Like, shut up. <laughs> I'm gonna beat your ass. Um, like it's it's so funny. I, I thought it like it's not my, a good comparison. My Twitter audience, my Twitter audience is so diverse and so interesting now. Like, I can't imagine like all the different people that follow me. Like. Jake Tapper follows me. I mentioned this before. And um, <laughs> he it's bought just, one of your shirts, like, right? I have a bunch of, yeah, he did. And, and a bunch of my, um, I have a lot of MAGA followers. I've got a lot of libertarian followers. It's very diverse. But I was so tempted to tweet the other day 
you know, Jesus, Jesus was executed for our sins. Uh, Trump's being indicted for his. Right. Just to, just to kind of throw throw it just to see how people reacted to it. Yeah. No, I I do. I think that noise me so much. I I think that takes it a bit too far. You know, it's, and, and, you know, the argument the other way would be, well, you know, he's he's everybody sins and, and he has asked for forgiveness for his sins and, and he's uh, found his way. But, you, uh, you know, I don't I don't think the, that's the best way to um, argue for Trump. But did you see the the picture he posted on Truth Social probably no, a week or so it? ago? Did Trump post he it? Went, so he yeah, he posted it and it was a mid journey. Um, AI art of him kneeling and praying because he couldn't be bothered. That's the best way to put this right now to kneel for a photo and act like he's praying. He went to mid journey to make that happen. Like, well, it's yeah, it's just, he saw a perfect, I saw a perfect one and I, and I, and I went with it. I, I, you know, so Trump, I, I was thinking about this earlier. He, he's like, it, it has to be exhausting to be, to be someone <laughs> Like, like Trump or you know, Trump himself, too, because he, he gets so much attention and he's so polarizing. And, and when people see him and they interact with him, they're expecting so much, you know. So everybody has times. In fact, most of the time, we're not that exciting. Humans aren't that exciting. Our exciting moments come uh, it, it are the ones people remember and, and they don't come when we wake up in the morning or when we're just, you know, moving around where we live or whatever. They come when oftentimes if, when we're out doing something or, or they're very planned. And for someone like that, it's just like you, you have to just craft every public appearance that you make so carefully because people are expecting so much of it every single time. And that's just, that's gotta be a lot of pressure for him and just for any person who who's known that way you know what i mean yeah what was the guy though uh, i mean what was the quote and it, i think it was when he was running for president and i'm sure he's said different things since very unbelievable inauthentic things but he said something like you know i would ask forgiveness if i needed it or something <laughs> along those lines and i'm like oh my god what a man i don't know i can't remember <laughs> like that. like this, this is a guy who can't possibly be tried by the jury of his peers because there's no one like him, you know? Right. Yeah. No, I have no idea. I've he no has idea no peers, that, but he's got, he's got balls though. <laughs> for saying that. Yeah, that's one well, thing that a lot of see people if I can find the quote. All right. While, while you're doing that, uh, I so I don't know what's going to happen with this Trump thing, but it, it's not Trump's not going to end up in prison. That, that's my, I'm pretty confident in that uh, take on that. And this is only going to help him definitely win the uh, GOP nomination, which the Democrats want. And uh, now let's see who, who's going to run against them, possibly. U.S. presidential candidates, potentially, if, if Joe Biden does not run. This is from the BBC, and it's a list of candidates. I'll go through it real quick. We have uh, Maureen Williamson. They'll, they'll get rid of her real quick because she doesn't go along with the agenda. Robert F. Kennedy Jr., oh. who I was telling you before the show. Jake Tapper, when Jake Tapper, when he talked about Kennedy Jr. Uh, running for president the other day, he was like, uh, uh Dimwit uh, conspiracy doofus, just some, just nothing but a string of, of slurs towards him. Running conspiracy, not running for president. So they'll they'll probably try to dispose of him very quickly. Although that's an interesting candidate there. Another interesting thing about Robert Kennedy Jr. is 
he's married to the woman who played Larry David's wife, the first wife, Cheryl yes. something on on Curb Your Enthusiasm. And so there was some stories a while back where they had a party and the story was Robert F. Kennedy Jr. encouraged people to be vaccinated and masked at the party. And then he came out and said, it wasn't me, it was my wife that did that. Which it, it, it's, I, I would, it's another one of those uh, Kellyanne Conway type relationships where they got divorced there. Yeah. But I just don't understand how a couple like that would, would still be able to maintain the relationship. But he's an interesting candidate for sure because I think he's probably been on the right side of this, uh, the vaccine uh, position. And then we have Kamala Harris, obviously the worst woman on the planet. Gavin Newsom, the worst, one of the worst guys on the oh planet. Bernie Sanders, oh. I'm going to run again. One more time. Then others who could run, J.B. Pritzker, not sure who that is, a billionaire, the Hyatt Motel, Hotel, Phil Murphy, a Goldman Sachs <laughs> financier, a Democrat, Amy Klobuchar, Elizabeth Warren, Cory Booker. Well, what did Cory Booker call himself that during that one? Um, he called himself very I think very he said he wasn't gay. Spartacus. Not gay. Well, yeah, I mean, he's obviously Oh, that's what it was. He's obviously gay. <laughs> Spartacus is what he called uh, uh, Pete Buttigieg, uh, Gretchen Whitmore. Is Gretchen Whitmore a Democrat? Oh, wait, yeah, she's the Michigan girl. Sorry, yeah, I got confused. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. AOC. She's the, she's the... Yes. AOC, I think, definitely runs. I think there's no way AOC doesn't run, in my opinion. And why wouldn't she? <laughs> you well, don't I think mean, why wouldn't she? There's no reason wait for until she's 40? But there's no, they're, none of them are they're very smart because they're not the ones. All they are are they're actors. They're, they're, they're actors who are trying to persuade a public of the people to vote for them based on their, the way they can best appeal to them. And AOC is hot. And she looks a lot better than all these other people who are like 90 years old. And, and so all she's got to do is play um, her little dance what? she did and she'll, she'll get her votes right there. Amy Klobuchar is easily the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. She's very sexy, and I, um, uh, if you really are attracted to like a a, a wrinkly brick kind of way, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I really, if you're, if you're, really if like you're that really sex into, with that wrinkly brick, if if, if you're really into nondescript persons, um, right? Yeah, yes. who 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 beat on their staffers? Yeah, that's the woman that you want. It's like if you're interested. It's like if you're sexually attracted to Alice from the Brady Bunch. If she were a brick. I think is what yeah. Klobuchar comes up. Alice is actually, you're right. Alice is prettier. Yes. <laughs> I had to look that up. <laughs> All right. Where's my notes? Okay. So on to the uh, category five storm of trans news anyway everything has been trans and not trans am just trans men trans women trans they it's all trans this, this week and it's like why are we getting hit with this category five level storm of trans news and it's it's advertising you know, all news is advertising and it makes it easier for them to push legislation whether it's uh, legislation across the states or it's biden's rule that he uh imposed uh, or tried to impose i'm not quite sure of all the details of that but i know that biden uh, announced a, a trans rule that would make it uh, it would make broad trans broad bands of transgender sports illegal and with some exceptions and I think the only reason I want to talk about this is because this is all ESG this is all great reset yes it's culture war yes it's all the other stuff but ultimately this is ESG why would Amheiser Bush do this because Amheiser Bush has since 2021. I can actually pull a thing up on screen here showing their uh, investments from 
hold on, let me find it here in my notes. So th- they have gotten my, some pushback about this. About you what? My, before you get into that, yeah. you need to hear my Anheuser Busch uh, Dylan Mulvaney joke. Yes, let's see. Anheuser Busch, uh, more like Anheuser Ball Hair. You're welcome. <laughs> it's a very gross image. And uh, not that I was going to drink their beer before anyway, but that that sealed the deal for me there. I haven't really been a uh, Anheuser Busch. If you're going to drink easily. cheap beer, what, what is get that? Get the best. I, I love PBR. It's, PBR is a good deal. Malt it has a blue ribbon works. because it's it's proven to be the best beer ever made. That's why now, have you looked ribbon. them up to make sure that they are not uh, receiving some sort of um, ESG funds and doing some sort of advertising? Hell no. I don't give a shit. <laughs> it's, <laughs> and that's that's kind of what they bank on you. Sorry. Right, so you see on screen here, this is a this is a BlackRock owner. So BlackRock is uh, a World Economic Forum partner. They are the largest funder of ESG, along with uh, the second one, I think, is... Um, I can't remember the second one. Uh, Vanguard is the second one. But you can look down. This is our Anheuser-Busch holdings here. And you can see on screen here, it's a little small, but down here uh, around May of 2021, you see that they only owned 205 shares of Anheuser-Busch. And then suddenly, uh, uh, it, on in May of that year, it jumps up to 258,000. And then it slowly rises 286, 289, 318, 356, 338, 359, all the way up to 452. That's because they started doing woke shit. Excuse me, woke stuff. Uh, during that 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 period of time, <laughs> because they were they were getting that money, and they are banking on the investments they get from M- from uh, BlackRock. Uh, exceeding the loss in revenue from all the customers that they lose. That, that's what the, 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 the bet is on this with all these companies and all this stuff that we see. That's why they're doing They don't care about this, the, the, the executives and CEOs. This is me guessing, but based on you know, history and reality, I think it's a good assumption that they don't actually care about this. They care about the money that they are getting. And this is the, the ESG is the backbone of the Great Reset. This is how Klaus Schwab and his gang of weirdos want to control the, the norms of every country on the planet, not through you know, legislation and voting, but through the corporations that most influence uh, the world. And they can influence the mores of those countries through these corporations. And that's what ESG is. And this is all, a lot of this stuff is actually very linked to the Great Reset, which a lot of people don't talk about the Great Reset anymore. But this is Great Reset stuff right here. And, and that's about all I have um, to say about the, the trans. Did you, I love trans AMs. I'll say that. Have you, speaking of trans things, have you talked about how based uh, France has been lately? I, I did see that France was protesting outside of BlackRock. I don't know exactly they were what they were protesting. BlackRock. What were they, they were storming? They were storming the offices. Well, they, they've been protesting um, because the government decided to um, increase. And I think this was a big thing with Macron, um, you know, doing some things, you know, outside of the scope of his office. But part of it was increasing the entire the retirement age by two years. And they didn't, people didn't want that. So they started protesting. And for some reason, which I haven't looked into the reasoning behind it, but I saw the other day that the, the last, well, last story I saw of them being tear gassed by the police was when they were trying to storm a BlackRock office in Paris. Right. 
like yeah good for them black i want to know more about that yeah there's i found some articles from vice news from before they were allowed to talk about talking about how blackrock is trying to take over the planet using their uh massive amounts of money and power that they have they're one of the if not the most powerful corporation on the planet who are side by side in lockstep with klaus schwab and all his weirdos at the world economic forum and that's what esg is well yeah well it's yeah and that's the thing. It's like, you know, when we when we've seen the, that sort of protest in America where there's been property damage or trying to storm a place or break windows or whatever, it's always been like Starbucks or whatever, like a, a local store target, which is like they have plenty of bad stuff going on. I mean, like Howard, was it Howard Schultz? It's Howard um, Schultz is, of Starbucks. Had, he was testifying the other day. I, yeah, I, I know a lot about that story. He, yeah. He, he, I mean, he made like, I think it was you that called it the, um, the progressive left Chick-fil-A. That's what Starbucks is. Starbucks um, gives but, everything that progressive, the whole progressive agenda that they pitch, they give to Starbucks employees. It's the best place right. to work on the planet for a progressive. And they're unionizing against them. And, and he's sitting there in Congress saying, I, I give everything, I give more than Democrat politicians, everything they promised and more, and they're unionizing against us. It's because it's, they don't, it's because he's doing that. Like it's exactly because he's doing right. that. Why? Why well, there? And, and and stores are shutting down because of it. And people are losing those benefits. Are losing their free health care. They're losing their free college. They're losing their paid leave. They're losing their maternity leave. All because they have sent somebody who the person who started this. The name. Uh, their name. I can't think off the top of the head. But I looked them up and I have a bunch of research on them. Is a pro. Is a, a trained protester just like AOC is. Someone who from like the time they were twelve. Yeah, and, or Stacey Abrams, one and the same. Uh, they trained to be actually moved to wherever that first one was. I can't remember where the location was, but this girl moved with a, a guy who's like 60 years old, who's been uh, a Solinsky type figure uh, for decades, moved, followed him there for the specific reason of organizing and doing this to Starbucks. I mean, this is a right. planned destruction. Right, but that's what's interesting is because a lot of times when I when I see them attacking a Starbucks or a Target or whatever, I'm like, man, I I I'm not I'm gonna start feeling bad for huge mega corporations. Not in my I can't do that. But it like point your your anger in the right direction, you know? Point it at the government, point it at freaking BlackRock. And that's what France right. is doing. They're I, I I hate to say it, but in this very extremely limited situation. They're better than us because they're pointing it at the right direction. Uh, Yes, absolutely. And I'll say this about Howard Schultz is Howard Schultz story from the research I've done of him is he seems to be one of the, and I'm sure there's stuff that is not revealed that might change my perspective on this, but he seems to be one of the actual true kind of rags to riches stories and the way like he lived in like a, a, a government housing homes growing up and stuff like that and maybe there's more to it but like i think they're going after him too because he was gonna run for president last time and as soon as he ran they uh, all both networks both sides went after him and i think they're they don't want him to run again so i think that he would run as a Democrat, but I, I think they're trying to take him out beforehand. And also, I hate Starbucks forcing you to tip them. Have you, seen, have you experienced this? 
No. So you we go to we, we didn't even have a uh, uh, we didn't even have something signed. I don't think when I worked there. The, that's why I'm con- oh yeah well they just started this and I'm conflicted on it now because and I'm hoping they'll change it when they realize the bat like how uncomfortable it makes a lot of the employees as well as people going through their drive through is the stores that are non union are see I thought it would be the other way around but the stores that are non union are doing this as opposed to the unionized ones and they're not letting the unionized stores do this is you go through a Starbucks and they'll say okay uh, um. You put your card in, they go, okay, I'm going to have, and then they'll push the little thing where your credit card goes in at you and they'll say, okay, it's just going to ask you a little question here and ask you to tip them. And so you're sitting there and it's like, you're waiting on your food and you either no tip them, which I did that once just to see how they reacted. Like I'm like a really good tipper because I worked in the service industry and and I I always tip. I, I always tip because I get it, man. I fucking, I freaking get it. And like, but this makes me never want to go to Starbucks again. And well, so I did it once and they, 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 they like, ugh, they got really mad at me. And I'm like, okay, I'm never coming back to the store ever again. I, I would have been like a, a better tipper than like 95% of the people that come here, but now I'll never come here again because of this standard that you well, set. It's like, it's like by all means, make it a, an option to tip. Like, I don't care. Do that. Whatever. But I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, if I order your food from like a pizza place and I go up to the, the store, pick it up myself and, and drive away, like I'm I'm not sitting. You're not serving me. You're you. There's one guy that throws the pizza into a an oven and that's it. Like, I'm not going to give you five dollars for that. Like, right. you know, what's going to happen. Like is, that's one of those things. that's like totally. Come on. But there's this social pressure that they apply that I hate. And I hate that social pressure. Like you feel like you have to do this. Totally. And And I don't want to. They, especially when they say we're out of everything you just asked for. (laughs) Now tip us, you know? Right. Well, it's like, I, I appreciate the the heck out of my tattoo artist, but it's like when, when it comes to the point where he runs my card and then flips the screen at me and it's like, how much do you want to tip? I'm always like, dude, I just paid you like $125 an hour. I don't, I don't feel like I need to tip you, you know, like, Uh, I mean, it's great, but do you know what I'm paying you right now? Because Uh, that's that's insane. Totally, man. And that's how I am too. Like I I can understand it with hair. What with hair? Hair is great. I mean, cutting your hair. If if a woman, if someone, if someone cuts your hair, it takes what twenty minutes, and they they make uh they have to price it at a point where men will pay for the haircut. So I totally get throwing a tip on top of that. Like that makes sense. But if I'm paying you one hundred and twenty five dollars an hour, that's that that should be what you're getting. Tips started based on uh servers and this is when i used to wait tables you, you make a base of like two something is it's higher now i'm sure an hour you make a very small hourly wage so you you're relying on tips starbucks i think it's like 17 an hour or something like that i, I don't remember exactly well it wasn't when but, i was working there but we were paid several dollars over minimum wage yeah it, it's around so we're, 17 like we're fully an hour, paid i believe hold on let me see uh yeah i think it's uh, cuz he was talking about it and I know everything, the price of everything has gone up, but it's, I don't know. What it well, is. for instance, it's, a, like with it's the above the, what the Democrats call for. Yeah. 
Right. Well, like for instance, like with the tattoo artist, if the person that you're getting the tattoo from is not the owner of the shop, then a, a lot of times the owner of the shop can take up to 50% of whatever it is right. in the shop. Yeah. And so by yeah. all means, tip that person because like yeah. he's not, tip he's, he's not really getting, he may not be getting as much as, but I, the guy who I get my tattoos from is the owner of the shop. He gets every That's dollar good. that comes out of my, my yeah, wallet. I don't like the whole so, collective pool like, what am tipping I idea. Uh, I've met oh, people yeah, that who, sucks, I, but it, it works for, for Starbucks because no one's actually doing anything special at Starbucks to deserve a tip, I, I, I don't think, unless I you mean, want to give it to them. I, I, I'll tip somebody if they're just nice to me, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, that's how I, I, I am. Work but it's that social pressure. Changes. That's that, but that don't, social yeah, don't try to force really me to do things it. for it's me. what I hate it. Yeah. Right. No, I'm the same way. I hate because it. Like, I, I worked at Starbucks when we got tipped out weekly. That was a great thing. Like, oh, I, you know, I'm going to get an extra $50. I'm going to get an extra $100, whatever. Right. But like, if you're forcing me to it or you're or now with these little stupid screens where they're like, oh, thank you for, for paying for this. Here, let me turn this around. Right. And they're like looking at you or you have to write it on the receipt in front of them. And by the way, a lot of the p places that do the little tipping where you put it on the credit card and sign it, there are a, a surprising amount of those that the employer just takes the tips and doesn't give them to the employees. Yeah, they should make people aware of that before. But all right. So, so it's another like, tipping's awkward. <laughs> it's gotten awkward they've made it uncomfortable for everybody and yeah it's not cool so uh, another quick hit story i saw a headline from newsweek and i'm not going to go into the article at all but the headline was just ai is about to uh, decimate millions of jobs it's time for universal basic income and i think there's one of your agendas right there with, with ai is the establishment of uni universal basic income and uh Actually, pretty obvious thing, but I haven't heard anybody really talk about it. But yeah, what what a way to get yeah. there. They're going to eliminate, I don't know if they're going to eliminate millions of jobs because AI honestly is not that great, I don't think, anyway. I'll be honest I with you. The, I've <laughs> loved it recently because I've been using MidJourney and making money off of it. Well, MidJourney like is pretty like good. You talked, yeah, about yeah. Prompt, you talked about prompt engineering or what was it? Prompt artist or I forget what you know, it is. Prompt engineering making $300,000 a year by some corporations. Are paying I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that, but I have, um, I've been doing, um, art for books. And so I've been making these characters that people write in their books into real characters. And awesome. so I just, I just had a second person come to me and go, Hey, I'm creating this whole world with all these different cr creatures and creations. And I'm writing yeah. these books. Would you like to come on and make all of these characters for me? I would totally yeah. leverage ten, what ten you've been able to build. To, yeah. Right. What? <laughs> yeah, I would leverage. What? Yeah, I would leverage everything you've built on Twitter to see see what kind of work you can get out of that because you, you probably can get uh, some good work out of that. And they're, they're, I don't do I don't know how long it will last, but but they're going to continue. Right now, there's a there's a big there's a spending spree going on for prompt engineers as they're calling them. So that's awesome. <laughs> Jake Tapper's even buying I mean, t-shirts, dude. <laughs> that's true. I mean the 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 t-shirt and the poster game has died down a lot. But like I, I, I had over a thousand sales in my store based on those That's stupid awesome, dude. presidents. Yeah. Which it, it's, it, I, I'm sad that I didn't realize uh, that I needed to up the price until too late because I didn't realize Etsy was taking as much as they were. Yeah. But you know, whatever. 
It is what it is. All right. Well, I want to play <laughs> some, through the pandemic. Uh, well, I don't mean to start that. So the Council on Foreign Relations had this panel discussion the other day about uh, propaganda, specifically about propaganda. And this woman came on. She was teaching her name. Let me find her name real quick. Her name is uh, Renee Hobbs. She's Irina. a professor of com- uh, yeah professor of communications at uh, communications and and the founder of the media education lab at the university of rhode island and she leads this conversation on media literacy and propaganda and, and I, I watched all of it and i just pulled a couple of clips from it in this first one here she talks about all the good uses of propaganda during covid which i, I found to be very interesting which she thought to be good uses of propaganda when we lived through the pandemic here you are. You lived through it, didn't you? <laughs> you lived through the pandemic because you got exposed to what I would call beneficial propaganda, propaganda that told you to wear a mask, propaganda that told you to get vaccinated, propaganda that said, so use social distancing. So to understand propaganda in all its complexities, we could say propaganda is communication designed to influence uh, behavior, attitudes, and values. And propaganda is a form of mass communication, right? So it isn't persuasion that just happens, you know, you and me deciding, you know, should we go for pizza or uh, or Chinese for dinner tonight, right? I'll try to persuade you, you try to persuade me. When we do it to large numbers of people, and we use mediated symbols, uh, we're engaging in propaganda. So propaganda is a really important concept. Uh, its meaning is situational and contextual. Uh, yes, of course it is. But when you premise your whole talk about propaganda on how it was so useful in getting people to wear masks, social distance, and get vaccinated, you're going to lose me when it comes to your credibility right there. I mean, wh- what an, I mean, this is a Council on Foreign Relations that one of the, the – the sister or daughter of the Chatham House, one of the oldest think tanks in the planet that influences policy, not just here, but globally. Just, yeah, what great propaganda. It's good. And this is, I've been talking about this a lot uh, the past couple of years. They are convincing a sect of the public that it's good to lie to people if you, if you believe in your heart that it's for the moral good uh, for whatever your uh, ideology ha- has, you know, brainwashed you with, and, and I mean, th- this is a problem for people who have this sort of because because everything she just said, and this was this week, this was like a couple of days ago, and she's still talking about how it was good that propaganda was used to get people to social distance and wear masks and get so the vaccination thing people will argue against, right? I know you and I and most people listening would agree that that's not good to propagandize people into that at all because I'm I'm not vaccinated and I'm. I don't think people should be pressured into it, but when it, the masking and, and the social distancing have been universally proven to have not worked for anything. And she's saying that was good propaganda. Right. And this is a problem. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, I think that if anything, it, what's so weird about that whole period is their propaganda for masks, for social distancing, for all of this stuff was on this line between fear and comfort. And so they they can argue in some sense that it was good in that they made people feel safer within the situation. And like they right. didn't make anyone safer and it 
I don't think they needed to make anyone safer, but that's neither here nor there. They, they, it was a security blanket that they gave to people. And so like, I can, I can understand the claim from that area, but it's, it's absolute nonsense and bunk, but like, I can see what they, how they could spin it, I guess. I mean, it's a children, like psychologically. I, right. I know. I I, I was. Right. Uh, I did. Uh, I did like four shows this past weekend at, at an improv comedy festival, and I would be talking to somebody, and I'd look up, and the person next to me would be wearing a mask. And you know, I'm not going to judge anybody for doing that, but it's it's the influence of this type of 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 propaganda uh, that that spreads. Yeah. And, and it's I not going to affect them as an adult, but as children, though, it does affect their ability to socialize. Oh no. It, it did affect them as adults. Like, I mean, I, I can't, I can't give you a chapter and verse, but I like the, the very, the great thing that came out of this is especially in Florida. I don't know how it is in Georgia or other places. Cause I don't live there, but the beauty of it now is that you can now still see occasionally people wearing masks and you know, not to go near that person or talk to that person or be friends with that person anymore because you know they're clinically insane. And that's a very good thing that their propaganda did. <laughs> uh, see, I wouldn't even say that. I, mean, I get what you're saying, but the, the people I know that did it, I, I don't like, I, I'm, I'm friends with them. I, well, no, I I'm talking them. about friends, right but, now. Right. I'm and, talking about today. Yeah. And, and to like young people, people still healthy people. Yeah, I know. I, I just like the, it, you, it, th- that, that is a level of, of, of craziness i think that you it need makes to take feel into safer. consideration it makes it feel safer like like you said and it is it is interesting because from their perspective they would view our conversation as being crazy and dangerous and, and it is i think what the propaganda has effectively done is it, it has created that split that where people are, are it's just it's hard for people to even communicate th- their perspective or belief because everybody has information that they can go to that validates w- what they believe. Right. And, All I'm saying. Yeah. No. All I'm saying is if you <laughs> see a healthy young person in his 20s or 30s wearing a mask walking around your local Publix or Kroger or wherever, then you know that that's someone who is not all there. It's strange <laughs> it's because there's a while – there's a while where that stopped and I didn't see it, but I, I started to see it again and now it's gotten pretty, I, I don't see it like a lot of people, but there are some people and I'm, I'm not getting, I just kind of look at it and I'm not, I, I get, you know, people want to be safe or whatever. I, I, I'm not going to wear it, but this is the effect of propaganda. I don't think it's, it's doing just, anything to help them be safe personally. It's just so far beyond the time where it was something that, could be considered like reasonable for safety. Right. Like it's well, not well, reasonable she, by any stretch yeah. of the imagination now. I, I would agree it's with just, that. And it, she does talk here knowledgeably. I, I agree with you that I don't think it does anything personally because of how arbitrary, you know, it was just applied. And I could go on about that. When it well, and especially if they're cloth masks, like if you're if people are right. walking cloth yeah, yeah, masks yeah. around, that's a crazy person, Brad. Like I don't I don't need to be nice. That's a crazy person. It's like a superstition, <laughs> is what it's like. I think. It's, yeah, yeah it's, you know, it's uh, it's yeah, yeah. It's, I well, it's I, I I yeah. It's it's like you know if you if if you meet a girl 
And that girl's like, you know, I won't date you because you're a Pisces. You know that's a crazy girl, and you should stay away, right? But you, but you Same don't. Same thing with though. people you wearing still, cloth, continue, cloth like, masks. She's crazy. Oh, no, we're stupid. So <laughs> we're stupid people, and we like hot things. But, but all I'm saying is that's in the same realm of like that. This is not someone that is a clear thinker anymore, right? Absolutely. So here she talks <laughs> about how propaganda works, and she's correct in her. I think this is actually a really good description of how propaganda works. It's going to take a second here. This image, by the way, is I just said, imagine propaganda. Propaganda uh, tries to mm, influence us by bypassing our critical thinking. And the best way that propagandists try to change our behavior and influence our attitudes is by activating strong emotions, simplifying information, appealing to our deepest hopes, fears, and dreams, and attacking opponents. And these four mechanisms of propaganda can be used responsibly or irresponsibly. Um, So we are vulnerable to um, uh, uh, the terrible side of propaganda if we aren't vigilant. I I, I would agree with everything that she said there. I don't disagree with any of that. Right, but it's... And that's the problem, though. It's like you can tell people that and you can... Um, if like if she teaches classes about this, and so she would be properly informing her students about propaganda, while at the same time, when you factor in the previous clip, properly informing them about how to recognize it and apply those standards. But that's the thing: the way she's talking about it is like it's an amoral tool, like a wrench, like right. a wrench for sure. Like you can you can use a wrench or <clears throat> let's make it worse, a gun. A gun can be used for hunting. It can be used for feeding your family. So it can be used for a moral good, right? To provide for one's family. It can also be used for a moral evil, which is killing anyone, killing children, murder, right? But manipulating the minds of people and manipulating their emotions and ma- manipulating people is not ever a moral good. Regardless of how you spin it, there's no moral good in manipulating people. And so it's yeah. like, I agree with everything that she's saying, but the way she is saying it is she's trying to reduce it to the level of a, a socket wrench and saying, yes, you could right. smash someone over the head with a socket wrench, but you could also use it to put together a baby bed. Well, the whole idea is based on, it's based on a, it's based on a premise that the broader public isn't wise enough to decide for themselves if presented all of the information. And so therefore it well, must the, be presented that? in a way that, that nudges them as Cass Sunstein would say to the correct uh, uh, decision and she she does talk about in pull clips about this but but she does talk about because she's asked the question about well what about when you know statements are said about disinformation or not she talks about how to handle that and and she talks about how well instead of just telling them outright what we do and this is if you read and she brings this book up actually she might have brought it up in this context but uh Jakul Ayul I don't ever say his name right but uh propaganda the formation of men's attitudes he talks about how uh, Mao and you know during China's uh, cultural revolution the way they would get people to agree to things is instead of 
telling them and forcing opinions on them is they would uh, create little groups of discussion and then they would question they would have a facilitator question them in the correct way that directed those people to the decision they wanted them to make. And she talks about that very thing, saying, well, you need to ask them the right questions that gets them to make the right answer. And it's very much straight out of Mao's China, the technique that she's talking about. Well, it reminds me of one of my favorite C.S. Lewis quotes. Do you mind if I read it? Please. Um, this is one of my favorite C.S. Lewis quotes. It's from uh, the book God in the Dock Essays on Theology. He said, Of all tyrannies, a tyranny sincerely exercised for the good of its victims may be the most oppressive. It would be better to live under robber barons than under omnipotent moral busybodies. The robber baron's cruelty may sometimes sleep. His cupidity may at some point be satiated. But those who torment us for our own good will torment us without end, for they do so with the approval of their own conscience. They may be more likely to go to heaven, yet at the same time like to make hell of earth this very kindness kindness stings with the with intolerable insult to be cured against one's will and cured of states which we may not regard as disease is to be put on a level of those who have not yet reached the age of reason or, or those who never will to be classed with infants imbeciles and domestic animals yeah it, it's this is why I, I don't get upset with people who who completely disagree with me even if they get mad at me about it like people who are, uh, are at the top you know do it pulling the strings and manipulating yeah. yes i get upset with them people who know better but the people who I, I i can tell who i believe have been just infected by the propaganda uh, i can tell that they also believe that i've been infected by the propaganda and, and right. so i, I that i don't see a bad intent from most of the the general public who have been infected by this. I, I see the bad intent right. coming from those above like Fauci and those who are just simply trying to divide and rule the country and prevent people from having actual conversations because that is what prevents people from discovering the actual truth about any of this stuff it is not being able to actually question and challenge things respectfully and digging deep into the realities of it. Because if everybody did that, then the truth of the matter would come forward and they don't want that. To, they want to control the narrative. They want to prevent those truths from coming forward. Therefore, they must divide and rule. And they must use these appeals and make sure we never right. are able to have respectful conversations. Well, and it's, it's like, it's a great um, I was in a, I, it, it really is. I love it so much. Uh, but it reminds me of uh, a conversation I was in the other day where someone essentially asked the question, you know, how do we deal with people who are NPCs? And the way they talked about it was um, I disagreed with wholeheartedly. I can't really remember the specifics because I can't get back in it because I left that group, ch group chat. Um, but there are people like Michael Malice and other people who will talk about people who – these people that we're talking about right now who – have their thoughts dictated to them rather than having their own thoughts. And the, the, like I, I used to be a big fan of Michael Malice. I used to listen to all his stuff. I don't anymore. Um, but the, he would essentially say that these are not people in the same way that those who think critically are. And I'm sitting here listening to that and I'm hearing the way this person asked this question. And it's like, the the very question how do we treat npcs 
which is a great meme and it makes a lot of sense in a lot of ways of how to understand why people are doing what they're doing. But at the end of the day, how do we treat people who have been utterly destroyed by propaganda, who have been taken over by people who truly may believe they have their best interests in mind, who are these omnipotent moral busybodies that C.S. Lewis is talking about? How do we treat them? Is like Let's stop classing them as not people as non-player characters how right. do we how can we like and this is my christianity coming out but how do i love these people but also see the mask on a 25 year old man and go you know i know what i'm dealing with here and it's not someone who is who is who's a critical thinker themselves like you can understand that while also trying to find the way to love them i think yeah, but. yeah, I I would agree. I think approaching it with love is is the way to do it. And for me personally, I I think that if you're having conversations with people who you know you disagree with and and who are gonna potentially even look down upon your view, or maybe they won't be mean, but but they're gonna kind of maybe dismissively talk about or think about your point of view. Is my approach is to be a really good listener. And at least I try to be and to if they make suggestions about uh, where they get ask questions about where they get their information. And if they make suggestions about it and the stuff you haven't heard is, is go and look at it and uh, allow yourself to be affected by it. That's happened to me. Uh, I, I've talked to people who uh, I know disagree with me and I know think I'm crazy, honestly. And uh, I, 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 there's people that in every other aspect, like I, 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 I mean, I love them. They're friends of mine, but like I completely right. disagree on a lot of political stuff, but, uh, uh talking about this stuff, I, I, I want to understand their perspective. And so, um, I, well, you know, they give me, they give me their sources. And I, and honestly, some there's, there's been instances like, uh, where I've gotten sources, sources and I've gone to look at it and it has given me a new, new perspective on it. Hasn't changed my opinion, uh, 100%. It's changed it a little bit, uh, but allowing yourself to be open to uh, why they believe what they believe and uh, just hoping if you put that out there that they will do the same and then being yeah, willing well, to have, yeah. And I think that's why these propaganda conversations that we have are important, not because I need to convince everyone to think the, the way that I do, but because people... If you actually learn how to listen, if you learn how to get past what they're saying and hear, because people are going to tell you who they are. They're going to tell you their hopes. They're going to tell you their fears, but they may not be saying it in the way that you expect, the way that you would say it. And so being able to break down this propaganda and the way that they've been taught to speak, not necessarily taught to think, you can actually start to learn about someone and you don't even have to you don't even have to argue. You don't even have to ask them all of these questions about where they got it from, what their sources are, anything like that. You can just begin to listen and start to hear where, because they're going to tell you why this affected them. They're going to tell you they were scared to lose their mother. Right. They're going to yeah, tell you they I were scared agree. for this, that, or the other. Most of my so, experiences like, this is, this with people, definitely yeah, a thing. I completely agree. Yeah, I, most of the people I've completely disagree with on certain reasons. It's the like when it comes to the core of it, we agree uh, on the goodness that like we we want to see in the world. It's just a, a way that we we want to see it, and it's like 
Uh, and, and again, I, I think the people at the top pulling the strings are, I think they're insidious and I think that they use these. And, and this, I tell my friends who disagree with me this. In fact, they call me a nihilist, honestly. My, my friends who disagree with me call me a nihilist. I'm like, I'm not a nihilist. I, I, I'm just telling you that, that it's, I, I believe it's naive to think that those in power who have so much control aren't using the actual methods of manipulation that they've written about to each other for centuries. I, I think it's naive to believe that one side is using something Thing that the other side isn't, and to think that they aren't both using the same thing. I, I just, I, I, that's not nihilistic to me. That's hopeful to me. And the hope comes in the fact that if, if we can spread the, the belief that they, the, these two power groups that we think are two power groups that are really just a bunch of uh, internationalists, I don't think they always agree on things, but I, I think there are a bunch of people in power manipulating the masses. If we recognize that they are dividing and ruling us and that they're doing that so that we don't look and realize that they are the problem and that, that, we, that not each other are the problem because we are what they fear in mass. They have to keep us divided. We're serving them by fighting with each other. And I, I try, I'm not, yes, so I, like my friends think I'm a nihilist. I'm not a nihilist at all. I, I'm very hopeful. I'm very yeah. white pilled. I, I just don't think we should continue to allow them to divide and rule us. Right. Well, and I, I do want to bring up a couple of these comments. Uh, Cornelia said, sometimes love comes in the form of uncomfortable truth. There needs to be consideration from both sides and balance. I do think that truth is a hammer. Nine out of ten times, I understand. Sometimes that. it's a sometimes it's a blanket, but not nine out of ten times it's a hammer. And I do think you have to be honest. I think that uh, within the context of truth, you have to learn how to communicate because a lot of people think that it needs to be a hammer a hundred percent of the time because all they see are nails. When in fact, it's it's very possible to have conversations with people that you would see as as nails that you should hammer this truth into them. Um, when in fact you can do it in a way that is actually effectual and doesn't manipulate them away from their thoughts, but lets them know that you're there to talk to them. The other one that I wanted to mention was uh, Carolyn said the big problem with the other person being able to reciprocate um, to actually reciprocate, um, which I, I understand this. I, I of course am coming from a standpoint um, that is different than a lot of other people which is I, I do believe in self-sacrificial love. Like that's just how I, I function and try to function. I don't always function well in it, but I will say um, for me to be at peace, I, it, I have to try to be at peace with in any way that it has to do with me affecting that. So whether or not my brother who is kind of a crazy COVID person and uh, has gone into this place where I can't really relate to him, um, I don't talk to him about those things anymore. Not because uh, yeah, we don't I, need yeah, to connect, right. but there are things that I I would much rather con connect to him on the important things and to love him where he is rather than only being able to love him after I get my point across and if he agrees with me, if that makes sense. Like I don't Absolutely. care if he if he I don't care if he re reciprocates. I'm going to try to do my best to love him no matter what. I, I completely agree. And, and that's how I am too. Like the, the, the people that I've, I've performed with over the years, which I, I, I over this past week and I, I saw a, a lot of them, uh, they're my brothers. I'm always going to love them. Even if they yeah. disagree or think I'm crazy, I, I'm, I'm always going to love them. And, and cause I, I, I know 
from them personally, I, I know that their their intent and their heart are, are in the right place, even if we completely disagree uh, on a lot right. of things. Uh, but I also know that there's like there's people who I used to completely disagree with who now have come to agree who are would consider themselves to be far left progressives completely agree with me because they've kind of uh, opened their eyes to a lot of the, the BS through, through Biden. So I, I see uh, hope when it comes uh, uh, in that, because I was actually surprised by some people. They didn't necessarily agree with me on things, but they, they were like, yeah, everyone, all of them suck. They're all lying. I'm like, yes, that's the premise. <laughs> that's the premise. Right. Is they're all, well, they're all lying. Yes. But good. Great. So yes, I love that. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing, like, uh, w- w- with what I'm talking about, which, you know, I don't know if it's apropos to everyone, but um, it's like, there are, like, for Brad, there are no prerequisites for me to love you. If you left the propaganda report and started believing all the nonsense that you've ever heard, th- there's nothing that's going to make me like Brad any less, unless you start doing sh- crap to me. Then I'm going to, uh, you know... <laughs> I have to try to be self-sacrificial. Um, but there's people are seeking unconditional love, even if they've been conditioned to hate those who disagree with them. And so there is a chance that we all have when it comes to these situations where we can actually be the, the bigger person, not in order to be the bigger person, but in order to always have that um, ability to love despite circumstances like how i how, think that's it's how, like that old gandhi statement I, yeah i think it's how you it's like that, old, that old gandhi them. statement <laughs> be the change you want to you want to see in the world right absolutely i i do i i it, it's, it's when i know someone has good intent and even i i'm my mind is open to being changed if if they they can produce evidence I, i'm pretty good with evidence of stuff so uh, i will fight i will push back if i don't agree with the evidence but my, my mind is open to being changed and and i will love them if they disagree if i know they're you know if they're my buddy and their heart well, is well and in that's the, right the thing I'll, I'll only disagree if i know or or argue with you at all if I know that I know that happy you Easter, are open to hearing happy, happy Easter, Jackie, <laughs> but no, like I'm not going to, I'm not going to argue with you unless I know you're a person who's actually going to listen to me. Like, I don't care if <laughs> right. I'm, I'm not going to do it. If you're not going to listen to me, like I'm not going to cast pearls in front of swine. Like I'm not going to waste my, my time arguing if you're not going to at least go, okay, I know what he said and I listen to what he said, but I can love you no matter what, regardless of that point. Absolutely. I completely agree. I got one more clip and then we'll do a, a quick fun thing to end it out. Then we'll do a short XR and everybody can uh, go to bed for a, so here she's talking about, um, I, f- I thought this was hilarious. She's talking about the costs of using propaganda and, and by cost, the context, what they mean is, the credibility cost well kind of but not the financial (laughs) cost they're talking about the cost when it comes to credibility and she uses an interesting example to point to here one way to interrogate the cost issues is to look at different agents of propaganda look for example at how activists use propaganda for instance greta thunberg (laughs) the world's youngest and most important environmental propagandist, right? She just called Greta propaganda. I mean, that that to me is just so, 
We've been calling Greta propagandists for years. I'm just so happy to hear them acknowledge that she's a propagandist. <laughs> well, they wrote her. They wrote her script. So, yeah, they did. I'll let her continue. She's been very skillful in using her language, her uh, imagery, her messaging um, her to increase her credibility, right? And to and she's very aware of how at certain times, certain messages might have a cost. And we can go back and look at the history of her speeches and see when she's made some mistakes, right? When her messages had a cost, right? That weakened her credibility. Right. And so I think um, being strategic, looking looking at that, um, looking at propagandist choices and the cost or the consequences or the potential impacts, very interesting strategy. So great. Great questions. What she says. I, I love that. She just instructed the council on foreign relations viewers. You want to see how someone who is good at calculating how to use propaganda without it hurting your, con your reputation. Look at Greta Thunberg, the propagandist. Of Greta Thunberg, I mean, yeah. that's what she did. Got that too. How dare she's you? The, she's uh, the, She's the, the, the Virgin Mary of climate change. Well, absolutely she is. And, and a lot of people don't realize this. Her mom was an actress. And her mom, so Greta Thunberg, what she is, is she is the, 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 the child of like a star mom. I, I was on a set of uh, a television Nepo pilot. baby. Absolutely. And there was this um, kid uh, who did some very would always do some stuff that was obvious she was mimicking her mom and it was very uncomfortable for everybody the, the, the way she would like just the way she would behave is like you're too young to behave like that why are you and it was very clear what yeah. was going on and, and that's what Greta Thunberg is Greta Thunberg is a product of her mom who, who was trying to be an actress and her mom did a bunch of activist stuff with, with airplanes and stuff like when Greta was a baby and, and it, it she she didn't get the fame that she had hoped for, so she trained her kid to do it. And uh, I, I, I have a lot more of the backstory of this. I don't have it off the top of my mind, but they were able to get her into some programs that got her this prominence that she did and started with those uh, protests from walking out of the schools. And I feel sorry for her, honestly, at this point, that she's been used like this for her whole youth. It turned into a, a, a just a tool of propaganda being around basically vultures who are using her for a message. And I love that this council on foreign relations woman identified her as a propagandist, which is exactly what she is. Yeah. Well, it's like um, those who can't, you know, that old saying of those who can't uh, play coach. Well, those who can't act right. become activists. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, absolutely. It's, I, you know, I, I can't imagine being, like we talked about Trump earlier and all the pressure of, of him having to be on all the time. Like when, when you're around a, a bunch of stand up comedians, yeah. if, when you're tour, when you're uh, touring or you're doing open mics and stuff, it, it, everybody is always a sense of, oh, I got to be on all the time. You can't ever just be like a normal uh, um, person. Uh, and I, it's probably uh, uh, very heightened when it, in those situations, like Greta's pro like, I can't imagine, I could imagine Greta at a party. Like she always just has to like, you know, say something about, you know, climate's going to kill us all and, and, and the oceans are, you can't ever just have a normal conversation with Greta. <laughs> It'll yeah, be funny every, trying to have a normal every, conversation with her. 
She goes. She goes to a birthday party, and everyone's like, "Say that I, 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 I uh, how dare you thing? Do that. Do that. I, how dare you? Do that. How, how like, dare I just, you? I just want to talk about my. Oh, how dare you? Fine. How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> just, all the time. She just plays the hits on the jukebox. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's, and you have to realize, and I know you do, but having to be on. Like I've experienced it's it in it's exhausting. It's so exhausting. It may be the most like mentally exhausting thing that you can do because like I, I you know, after the thing with um Tucker Carlson, like I had to be on for a week on Twitter. I had right. to be ready. And like now with this new stuff, I have to keep things going i have to be i have to have a new idea i have to be stimulating it's exhausting and i'm just glad my show's not like that it's just me yapping and the thing is though you you don't (laughs) you don't have to be it's the it's the the pressure to be if we put that upon ourselves to be like that people accept you as you are and they realize they realize that they they don't well you didn't um, say a funny thing every 5 seconds i'm leaving now and i'll never talk to damn you that's not how people are it's just we put that pressure on ourselves it, it is crazy right. like well on twitter this, though on twitter on t- though you do <laughs> twitter have might to be, be like on. that yeah. <laughs> you okay. you have to be on <laughs> <laughs> right right i'll tell you i'll tell you i think yeah. i told you about that oh wow yeah, we might be filming. How dare you? How dare Is that you an XR story? Soon, hopefully, well, uh, perhaps. What? Well, um, okay, so here's what we're gonna do in the XR. I was gonna do this uh, here, but uh, we ended with some how dare you. So what? We're, what we'll do in the XR, and we'll make how it quick. How dare you? Because I know it's quick. I know how dare you. Is oh, I, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna play you, <laughs> or I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna read it to you. Actually, I asked Chat GPT to. Uh, um, I asked to do a, to do a one minute stand up comedy set about how awful Stephen Colbert is. It's actually pretty good, and so we'll do that. And uh, I have a, a couple other uh, story chat GPT stories to tell you. And you know, we're just gonna play. And around. I have. I'll start it. If you're if you're done with it, I'll start it with the longest intro of all time. Right. We we have the intro. So Cam asked. Chat GPT to write an intro to this show, which was actually pretty good but very long. So we'll play that, yeah. or we'll 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 read that, <laughs> and then we'll go into that. So thank you guys for watching. If you want to get access to that, you can go to patreon.com slash propaganda report subscribe there rockfan.com slash propaganda report where we are live right now with uh, uh lots of uh, good chats over here with Cornelius Wolfshire, Jackie. Let's see, we got uh, there's been a lot of other uh, people, Denver Attaway. I can't believe people up this late at night. Happy Easter to everyone. So you can find it there. You can find it on prop, propreport.locals.com. And that is the subscriber-only portion of the show where I, 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 you not only get this DMB portion of the show, you get that, and I take out the ads for all the subscribers. So we will uh, talk to you guys in the XR, or we'll talk to you next time. Have a fantastic rest of your day.